Hello and welcome to the Otter Podcast. I'm your host, Madison Page, and today we are checking our call times, settling into our costumes, and preparing for a performance that may be our last. Today on the Otter, we are talking about performers who stepped out for their spotlight and then had an early curtain call to the other side. I hope we all remember our lines. Let's go! Hello, 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 my otters. How is everyone doing today? Do we all enjoy our visit to Waverly Hills and the ride down the body chute? I sure hope so. Of course, if you really enjoyed it, or if you didn't, please leave a rating and review. They really do help. For the returning listeners, welcome back. And for the new listeners, welcome, welcome to the Otter Podcast. We are a trail mix of all things unknown, unsolved, and just plain odd. If you have an idea for an episode you think would be fun, good news, I do listener requests. So if you want your own personalized episode, you can send me an email at theotterpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and know what you want to hear from me. No big news on this week's episode, so let's dive right into today's foray into the world of lights, showbiz, and drama as we take to the stage to recount some stories of performers who tragically lost their lives right in front of their captivated audiences. We will be excluding stuntmen and daredevils as their occupation already carries a heavy risk of accidental death. However, if you enjoy this episode and want me to explore either of those topics, send me a message and I can always circle back. Fair warning, of course, we will be talking about several deaths in this episode and while it won't be anything too graphic, if that's something uncomfortable for you, no worries, I'll see you next week. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats for the duration of the performance and hold your applause to the end. Most people who work a day-to-day job have at some point uttered the phrase, this job is killing me. We all imagine as we cram into cubicles or sidle up behind cash registers that at any point in our hectic, rush-filled days, we may tap out an email and then fall down dead right into our keyboard. Lack of sleep, high stress, and even the side-eye of a few of our co-workers have made all of us wonder at some point just how likely the Grim Reaper is to call upon us at our place of business. It's actually more likely than you think. According to the 2021 census, the number of Americans who died while on the clock this year was a total of 5,190. That means that every 101 minutes, somewhere in the US, someone suffered a fatal work-related injury. This category is of course dominated by those working in transportation and manual labor, but that does not mean your office job is any safer. Death in the workplace have occurred in high-rises, courtrooms, coffee shops, and even on the stage. For many, the chance to perform for an audience of adoring fans sounds like a dream come true. To reach the heights of stardom and stand on that precipice of immortality, it can quickly make you forget just how human you really are. And death has never had stage fright. Singers, actors, magicians, and even wrestlers have all met their ends while at the height of their performance. Some happen so suddenly, the audience can barely comprehend what has occurred, while others have left us talking for centuries to come. Today, we're going to talk about some of the most well-known and well-speculated upon deaths in the spotlight. As shocking as it might be, one of the most common ways to die on stage is actually to be shot. 
The amount of accidental shootings by assistants and prop guns thought to be full of blanks accounts for most of the early reports of perishing performers, especially magicians. The bullet catch is a well-known, although no longer commonly practiced trick. It generally starts with the magicians or their assistants presenting a bullet to an audience member to be inspected. The bullet is then marked and placed within a gun. The gun is then fired toward the magician and they magically catch it in their mouth. Attributed to the performer's lighting quick reflexes, the trick delights audiences. However, it comes with several risks and several people have paid the price for a mistake made. In 1820, a Polish magician and his wife, Madame Delinsky, had a popular trick where Madame would face a firing squad of six soldiers and catch their bullets. A special trick where a blank was loaded by the soldiers instead of the full round was used to ensure its safety. But at one particular performance, one of the soldiers got nervous and incorrectly loaded his gun. As Madame stood facing the firing squad preparing to dazzle the audience, she was instead shot dead from a misloaded rifle. In 1918, William Ellsworth Campbell Robinson was an American performer who disguised himself as a different nationality and performed under names such as Ahmed Ben Ali and Nanas Sahib before settling on his magician persona of Chung Lee Su. He was fairly successful and his most notorious illusion, condemned to death by the boxers, involved two assistants firing guns at him simultaneously while he caught both bullets. Each gun had two barrels, one with a real bullet and one with a blank. Unfortunately, the night of his final performance, a buildup of gunpowder accidentally sent one of the real bullets straight into Chung's chest. He said, oh my god, something's happened, lower the curtain, before collapsing and succumbing to his injuries. In 1922, H.T. Sartell, also known as the Black Wizard of the West, decided to buy some pistols and attempt the bullet catching trick on stage for the first time. He enlisted his wife to be his assistant and placed wax bullets in the gun. However, his wife apparently had grown quite sick of him and saw her opportunity out of the marriage. Swapping out the fake bullets for real ones, Sartell's wife shot and killed him on stage in front of the crowd. Magicians are not the only ones to fall prey to an early departure on stage. Opera singers share their fair bit of spotlight. In 1888, Frederick Federici, a British opera singer known for his low bass baritones, suffered a heart attack and died as he descended through a trapdoor following his final note as Mistopheles in the opera Faust at the Princess Theatre in Melbourne. In 1897, Armand Castlemary was performing in New York City at the Metropolitan Opera House when he collapsed suddenly during a performance of Martha. The audience rose in standing ovation, thinking the fall was an act of brilliant performance until it became apparent that Castlemary would not be rising again. It is believed he died of a heart attack. In 1944, after completing one of the most famous arias known, in which a man laments the betrayal of his wife while preparing for a performance as a clown, tenor Albert Stossel died of a heart attack. Is anyone else seeing a pattern because I'm not done and I'm starting to get concerned for about our opera singers? In 1960, opera singer Leonard Warren was singing his Act Three aria in La Forza del Destino and got out the lines to die, a momentous thing before suddenly breaking out in coughs and gasps, he then collapsed, face first, onto the stage where it was discovered he had died of a massive heart attack. 
1996, American opera singer Richard Versali was performing at the premiere of the Marcopolis case when he suddenly suffered a heart attack while standing on a sliding ladder attached to a filing cabinet on stage. He died after singing the line, too bad you can live only so long. So why do so many opera singers die of heart attacks? The answer is unknown because research actually suggests that opera singers with their constant breathing and singing practices have incredibly strong hearts. A study done at the Sports Medicine University in Florence, Italy found that opera singers' hearts were trained to be on par with the strength of athletes. Other categories of singers actually tend to have lower life expectancies, and this is speculated to be due to the stress, rigor, and abuse the profession puts on their bodies. In 1961, composer Joseph E. Howard, best known for co-writing Hello My Baby, which we probably all associate with a tap dancing frog, was leading the audience in a sing-along of the song Let Me Call You Sweetheart when he suffered a sudden heart attack and died. In 1971, jazz musician and singer Little Harden Armstrong, Louis Armstrong's former wife, appeared on a Chicago tribute to him after his death. She was in the midst of playing St. Louis Blues on the piano when she fell to the floor and suffered a heart attack. Miguelito Valdez, also known as Mr. Balbalu, was a Cuban singer who was performing at the Hotel Taquandama in Bogota, Colombia when he suffered a heart attack on stage. Honestly, the amount of performers suddenly collapsing to heart attacks is starting to give me some hypochondria. In 1984, pianist and singer Tuts Washington, known for avoiding recording his music for most of his career, died at the World's Fair in New Orleans while performing for the crowd, another victim of a heart attack. The same year, bluegrass singer Oni Wheeler, known for his 1973 hit, John's Been Shuckin' My Corn, was in the middle of performing on stage at the Grand Ole Opry when he collapsed from a heart attack. In 1995, country Dick Montana, who acted as the singer, drummer, and guitarist for The Beat Farmers, an American rock band which was described as an amalgamation of quote, and I have to quote because this description is amazing, cowpunk, jangle pop, roots rock, hard twang, Americana, country rock, rockabilly, and swamp rock, was three songs into the band set at the Longhorn in Whistler, British Columbia when he also suffered a massive heart attack and passed away. A well-known entry is singer Tiny Tim, which you've probably heard. He's the tiptoe through the tulips guy. In 1996, while turning to leave the stage of a benefits concert in Minneapolis, he was the victim of a fatal heart attack in front of the audience. In 1999, Mark Sandman, the lead vocalist for the band Morphine, collapsed on stage at a performance in Italy and was pronounced dead due to heart attack. In 2008, South African singer-songwriter Mama Africa died from a heart attack while performing her song Pata Pata at a concert in Caserta, Italy. In 2014, Italian singer Mango would die from a heart attack in the middle of performing his song Oro at a concert in Polcoro. In 2020, singer-songwriter David Olney died in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida at the 30A Songwriters Festival. While performing with Amy Rigby, he paused and was heard to say, I'm sorry, before dropping his chin to his chest and remaining motionless. Scott Miller, a fellow performer who was present for the incident, stated later that he never dropped his guitar or fell from his stool. His death was, quote, easy and gentle as he was. In 2023, Costa Titch, a South African rapper, collapsed while performing at the Ultra South Africa Music Festival. 
He regained his footing and continued performing before collapsing for a second time and passing away. The cause of his death is not yet known. As I stated before, the life expectancy for singers is actually pretty low. A study published in the British Medical Journal found the average lifespan of American musical stars in pop, rock, and rap genres was only 45. And for European stars, it was worse at age 39. While they are unable to pin down the exact reason so many performers are dying at such a young age, it is believed that the cause is simply hard living. The entertainment industry tends to encourage bad behavior, including engagement with drugs, alcohol, risk-taking, and the putting the ability to perform above all other aspects of health. They also found that solo performers died at a much earlier rate than those in bands, as having bandmates tended to act as a buffer to some of the most prevalent causes of risk-taking behavior. Fame and fortune is truly not what it is always made out to be. However, it's not always a heart attack that takes the lives of these performers. In 2019, Joanna Sainz Garcia, a Spanish singer and dancer with the Super Hollywood Orchestra, died when a pyrotechnic was shot in the wrong direction during a stage performance and struck her in the stomach. In 2017, French singer Barbara Wells was performing barefoot on stage in a church in Gordon, France when she accidentally stepped on a faulty electric cable on the floor and was killed. In 2016, Indonesian singer Irma Bule died when she was bitten by a king cobra she had brought on stage as a prop. She had continued to perform for 45 minutes following the attack before collapsing and succumbing to her injury. In 2013, singer and rapper MC Deliste was fatally shot in the abdomen in a free performance in Sao Paulo in front of a crowd of 4,000. The shooter remains unknown. It is not only singers who get called away to the other side in front of a crowd, actors and comedians have also gone out on a final performance. In 1817, an actor known only as Mr. Cummins died on stage while performing the part of Dumont in the tragedy of Jane Shore at the Leeds Theatre in Hunslet. He got out the line, May such befall me in my latest hour, before falling victim to aortic stenosis on stage. In 1882, actress Annie von Behren was performing in Cincinnati in a rendition of C. Slocum on Thanksgiving Day when she was unfortunately shot in the head and killed when another actor, Frank Frayne, accidentally discharged a prop pistol. Frayne was taken to court and charged with manslaughter but was released on the belief that it was truly an accident. In 1958, comedian Harry Einstein was performing in a roast for Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. After delivering his piece, the MC Arc Link Letter remarked, Every time he finishes, I ask myself, why isn't he on the air in a prime time? Einstein turned to Milton Berle, an actor next to him, and said, Yeah, how come? Before suddenly collapsing on top of him. Einstein had succumbed to a heart attack. In 1978, comedian Frank Fontaine had just finished performing in the benefit show for Heart Research. After accepting the check on stage for 25000 Fontaine collapsed and died. His death was attributed to a heart attack. In 1984, magician and comedian Tommy Cooper was performing on the variety show Live from Her Majesty's in front of 12 million viewers. He was performing a comedy act that started with an assistant helping him into a cape before the host would pass things through the curtain for him to miraculously pull from its folds. Cooper was heard to say thank you love to his assistant before collapsing. 
The assistant and the audience began laughing, assuming Cooper was doing a bit where he fainted at the sight of his assistant's beauty. However, when he remained on the floor, the live show was quickly cut to a commercial and the host pulled Cooper back through the curtains, where it was discovered he had had a heart attack. In 1987, comedian Dick Sean was performing at the University of California when he suffered a heart attack on stage. However, much like Tommy Cooper, everyone thought it was part of the act. The crowd was even quoted as having yelled things like, take his wallet, and how long is this going to go on? The stage manager would check on Sean several times before realizing he was not just hamming up his act and summon medical professionals. It was unfortunately too late. In 2019, comedian Incognito was performing a show in Bychester in which he joked with the audience members about the possibility of having a stroke that would cause him to start speaking Welsh. He stated, imagine if I died in front of you lot here. He then sat on a chair, laid back, and died of a heart attack in front of the audience. We will be concluding our morbid obituary with a group of performers not often thought of as performers. While the death of actors, singers, and magicians seems to roll right to the front of the mind when you mention death on stage, professional wrestlers have also had their share. Much like the previous performers, wrestlers often live hard lives and indulge in risk-taking behavior. They are encouraged into this by the entertainment industry. In order to receive fame and fortune, you truly have to be willing to risk it all. In 1969, professional wrestler Mike DeBassi died in the ring following a match with Man Mountain Mike after he suffered a fatal heart attack. DeBassi was known to have high cholesterol, and this was blamed for his death. In 1972, Luther Lindsay, one of the first African-American wrestlers to become a major star, was facing Bobby Paul at the Park Center in Charlotte. Ten minutes into the match, Lindsay pinned Paul with a diving belly flop. However, while still on top of his opponent, he suffered a sudden heart attack and died. He was posthumously inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. In 1987, Mal King Kong Kirk was in a match with a wrestler known as Big Daddy, whose signature move was called the Big Daddy Splashdown, where he would belly flop across the opponent's chest and pin them. However, when he performed this move on King Kong Kirk, it appeared to trigger a heart attack and Kirk died on the mat. Big Daddy reported to have felt very guilty about the incident, but maintained it was a legitimate match and he was not charged with any crime. A post-mortem discovered that King Kong Kirk had already had six previously unknown heart attacks and likely had the fatal one while still standing on the mat, therefore clearing Big Daddy of any crime. In 2000, professional wrestler Gary Albright received an uppercut from opponent Lucifer Grimm and collapsed on the mat. However, Grimm had been previously told to lose this match, so he fell to the ground and rolled Albright's unmoving body on top of his own to finish it. Albright was carried from the ring and it was determined he had died from a heart attack and suffered from an enlarged heart and several blockages. The takeaway from it is life is short and unexpected. Death can come at any time, even when you're on top of the world. I don't say this is a way to scare you, but to encourage you to live your life. Don't wait for the perfect time. Don't wait for the perfect place in your life. Don't put off things you want to do. Live each day for the day. Live each moment for the moment. You never know when it might be your last. Well, that's all for this episode. So what do you think? Why do you think performers have such low life expectancies? Did the amount of heart attacks sound suspicious to you? What would you want your legacy to be? 
Let us know what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and leave a review. The OtterPod is also on TikTok. Come follow us there. Have suggestions for a show? Send me an email on theotterpod at gmail.com with your requests and whether you'd like to, me to mention your name, your alias, or nothing at all. Remember, this is the otter side, so give me something cool, creepy, or confusing to deep dive for you. If you like this show, leave us a review. They really help. Do not try to catch a bullet in your mouth. The Otter Podcast posts every other Thursday. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time on The Otter Side. Thank you.